Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Austin, and it is May 12th. It's got another episode for you guys. Before we kick it off this week, uh, we are a sponsored podcast. So uh, first, Eclipse Holsters. Uh, EclipseHolsters.com. If you guys are new to the program or haven't checked them out yet, head over there. Whatever you guys need, holsters, mag carriers, uh, they do wallets, they do dump trays. Uh, Jess and her team, it's a, a small family-owned business, veteran-owned business. They do great work. Uh, if you use our discount code, PREPARED15, we'll save you 15% off on your order. And right now, with COVID, everything all jacked up, they still guarantee that in three business days or less, they'll have your order out in the mail, which is huge. If you guys you know, you use Amazon, use anybody else, I mean, you've experienced it. It, it sucks right now, so that's huge. Three business days or less. 100% customer satisfaction guaranteed. Whatever you guys need, EclipseHolsters.com. Also, MyMedic.com. Big supporters of the, of the podcast here. Use our discount code MINDSET20. Save you 20% off for whatever you guys need, whether it's a little ouch pouch for your around the house, in the car, maybe you got kids or something, or maybe you're an avid outdoorsman. You fish, you hike, you hunt. It's always good to have that stuff around. You never know how it's going to help. And Hey, even if you aren't, you know, super well-trained, maybe somebody else that comes along is, and maybe what you have is what makes a difference and saves somebody's life in some kind of situation. You never know. MyMedic.com, again, our code is Mindset20, so you 20% off. So this week on the pod, Sam's in with me, and hey. uh, Rob is joining us. I don't know if I can use your full name or not. Yeah, so cool. uh, Rob Hull, good friend of ours. Uh this is gonna make us all feel really old, but we've all known each other for like sixteen years. <laughs> pretty yeah, long, long, pretty time. long time. Yeah. yeah, I think I knew you since the fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, going yeah. way back here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's been a while, and it's one of those things you don't think about, and then you're like, shit, it has been that long. Yeah, life's yep. gone by. <laughs> so, uh, this week um, we're gonna be talking a little bit about training, uh, and more specifically because. Sam is, uh, of course, a, a military veteran. We talk about that a lot on the channel. I don't have any experience, and Rob's in law enforcement. And you're actually, I mean, somewhat, you're relatively new to law enforcement. Yeah, so. yeah I got about a year on, a um, little older for the field. So just went through all the training, and uh, it was a lot. Love it, though. Um, couldn't be any happier with my choice. Dude, and and honestly, I was surprised. I didn't even know if it was something you were like considering doing. I know we hadn't really talked, but um, I saw you and, and Steve post the pictures from graduation. And yeah. I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it was uh, something that, you know, you get older and you get into career and you start going, man, I, you know, I'm just a little unhappy with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel very unfulfilled. You start thinking uh, I was blessed enough to be able to come across like a way to go and attack what I wanted to do in life. And, you know, really sat down, struggled through it, had to go back to school at 29 years old. God, that's pretty that's the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> going back to school. 18, 21-year-olds, yeah. it was tough, you know. So I was working nights and going, working days, we're going to school at night and got it done. Then was off during the academy and COVID happened. It was, it was a real interesting time to do it, but. I was going to say, how does, how did that play into your guys, like, um, I guess, academy and like training and graduation and all that? <sighs> it got very interesting. <clears throat> um. So we started in January. We're very good all the way up until March. Um, and then COVID hit pretty strong, and they had to suspend us. We, we just <laughs> thought it was going to be this short little two-week thing. They're like, hey, we're going to go on a break. 
And we then, all thought it was going to be a two week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're going to go on this little short intermission and, and we'll see you guys, you know, in like two weeks. And three months later, you know, they tried to do some stuff over Zoom and it, it just, just wasn't work. happening right. the way uh, our academy was laid out. We did most of our book learning in the beginning. And a lot of the hands-on stuff was at the end because we had started in the winter. Sure. So we were in the classroom and then uh, went to go do all the hands-on stuff. And you can't really do that via Zoom. You know? Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They were... Not they really like, going to get the full impact of the yeah. training. Online police school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really didn't work like that. So they were pretty much like, hey, keep running and we'll see you in uh, three months. <laughs> so... I got about a month off. I was lucky enough to be hired uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. I got hired pretty quickly into the academy. Um, and our my employer pretty much called us in, and they were like, hey, we know you guys are off, and we're paying you. So, like, <laughs> suit up, and we're going to bring you in, and you're going to sit in an office and read police reports from, like, 1965. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, that's not Did you get anything from it? So it wasn't for any kind of, like, I don't want to say it wasn't for any kind of training purpose because it was always very interesting. The things that right. were written were, you know, they were funny. They're not like they are now. It was like seen drunk driver, pull a drunk driver over, arrested for drunk driving. That was like the extent of the report. Like <laughs> nowadays, uh, my drunk driving reports were like a thousand words long. Oh, God. You know? Yeah. So. Um, See, and that's funny. Like I'm uh, actually talking to another friend that's in law enforcement. Uh, he was actually bitching to me like two weeks ago that they don't let them even like they can't really pull people over for drunk or they can, but they can't book them for drunk driving or something on their first time offense. And like, there's all kind of legislation and stuff that's starting to make it. Yeah. There's some weird stuff going on there. Um, like being on a a municipal level instead of a state level, we get, and especially in like the bar town where I'm at, uh, I come across it quite a bit. Um, some things have changed for us. Uh, now the only thing we really hold them for is to sober them up. Mm. Um, otherwise like the OWI offense itself with some law changes is, is really like a sight and release offense. Seriously? Yeah. But Dude, that uh, used to be like I, a life ending offense. Yeah. Like, people yeah, used to like, you can't, it would like screw you out of jobs and like, yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, there's still quite a few like legal ramifications and it's a big deal when you get to the court side of it. But, um, basically like once you sober up, you, you know, you can pay your bond and just like walk right out. So oh. Oh, a little interesting. Things have changed. Um, but yeah, the, it was crazy. We, we did a lot. Like those reports, we were just basically looking for stuff like snowblowers that had been stolen and entered into like the information network. Yeah. Because those things never go away, right? Huh. Like what? if it was entered into the law enforcement information network in 1965, it's yeah. still there. There's oh. no like timeout period. Interesting. So these are the things we're like pulling out. But meanwhile, we made it through like twenty five thousand reports. Um, and how many? How many there were you doing that? Me and one other guy. Twenty five thousand reports. So and there, we really didn't even put a big dent in it, which is was real funny. Sounds like riveting police work there. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. And all we wanted to do, you know, we were halfway through the academy. There was like protests going on, and like all we wanted to do is like suit up and get on the road, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, we were just like sitting upstairs. And uh, we were in the middle of um, a station move, so they had shut off the air conditioning in our station, so we were just, like, sweating. And we were just reading. And we were, like, just always, like, trying to keep each other awake. It was a great time. I got really close with the guy I was doing it with. He was in the academy with me. And it's one of those things we'll probably always look back on for the next 20 years of service and and just laugh about because it's uh, entertaining. But, you know, then we got to go back, and and things were very different after COVID because – 
it being um, a school yeah. and like a, a government entity and things like that, they mm-hmm. had a lot of precautions to take. You know, all I was just going to say, I know with the, you know what we experience in the civilian side of things, like everything shut down, everybody yeah. go from home. Like, yep. how are you guys supposed to do hands-on training, shooting, fighting? Yeah. I mean, basically anything at all yeah i mean really the hands-on uh, got pretty terrible uh where safety glasses the kn95s and rubber gloves and seriously yeah Jesus, you were basically like dude. pulling these rubber gloves and like pouring them out oh uh, dude those like, are oh, I, i've used God. those gloves doing like <laughs> you know stuff around um my mom's business and stuff yeah those things nothing escapes yeah. no moisture gets out of no, those right, it's disgusting right. so it drugs some stuff out uh we didn't have a we had like an obscure graduation too we did it in the classroom instead of like at an academy and our mm. family couldn't come you know it was all like broadcast via zoom so it was a little dulled down um some you always look at so our academy was twice as long you know uh forever we'll be able to look back we had the longest police academy in history Setting records right yeah. Yeah. of like 100 and i think you're at 112 classes 110 classes now we've had the longest one um will never be forgotten yeah, yeah. not the so, records you wanted to yeah. set yeah it made it tough um always interesting it, and then it made going into policing interesting it's been a fun year so because you mentioned like the because like last summer shitloads of riots and yeah. or, sorry <clears throat> Mostly peaceful protests. Mostly peaceful. Mostly yeah. peaceful protests yeah. going on. Because um, that's something like I I talked about uh, quite a bit in some of the early episodes and things. Um, how, I guess, just because it's, I feel like we're, we're going to see more of it. That it's like people are still not working. We're actually paying people not to work right now. Yep. Um, the weather's warming up. So we're coming outside. Inflation's and, going crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, and gas is too expensive. So you're not really going anywhere. I mean, is that something that's gonna i mean it do you think we're gonna see more of it and is it you know it's tough we uh we just like take things as they come right we don't know what's gonna come our our way every day we go to work and we literally have no idea right what's gonna happen right. you right. know um luckily enough right now i'm on the midnight shift so things are a little toned down because everything closes by 11 o'clock yes yeah. I, I started at 11 o'clock at night um I am fortunate enough to work in a great city. Anything we've experienced through, like you said, has been very peaceful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we allow everyone to do what they want to do. We've never had an issue with it. We're out there while, uh, you know, people are marching, literally handing them Gatorade and ice cream, things like that. Like, you know, everyone has their voice and you're more than welcome to go do it, right? Mm -hmm. We just want everyone to be safe, be happy. Right. I just want everyone, including myself, and to go home at the end of the night. Right. So, you know, it, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping things just kind of go back to normal. And- it's it's kind of surreal, you know, because it's like, like I was telling somebody else, you know, I we used to like grow up and I, th- I feel like it was like always like world news tonight or something, you know, and like, oh yeah, late 90s bombings in Kosovo and everything. It's like, that's, well, that never happens here because this yeah. is America and we don't have those problems. And, you know, like, well, fuck me because, you know, yeah. 20... Yeah. 20 years later and and this is you know what we're li- and and i i grew up hearing stories from my dad my dad's uncle was uh, a detroit police officer during the riots in detroit yeah and hearing those stories and stuff and i was like well that's crazy but that'll never happen again yeah you right, know and now right. it's like uh i remember last summer i i'd stay up to like two in the morning watching a live feed on facebook from somebody i think it was from like the free press down there videoing the and it, it, I w- this was actually i would say like more of a riot because the protest started at like four in the afternoon and the protest piece is pretty much done when the sun goes down and then you got 
I mean, call what is you got like the assholes out there doing donuts in their chargers and their jeeps and stuff in front of the police, and it's like really. What positive message are you sending? You know, I just, it's, I, I really, I empathize with what police officers are dealing with right now. The shit mm-hmm. that I've seen yeah. um, online. Nope. Nope. It's don't not a job it. I would do right now. <laughs> yeah. it, it, uh, I, I don't have the balls, honestly. It, it's made it nice in the aspect of things are, um, come back around to like where we're talking about today. The training that's come out of this though, um, I'm lucky enough to work for a municipality that, we embrace training anything we yeah. put in for we get sent to there's Seriously. literally yeah it, you know most of the time as long as it doesn't conflict with uh scheduling yeah, coverage and, and staffing mm-hmm. stuff like that um and even just them bringing it to us without us asking it's mm. it's been great you know them advancing we do a lot of like verbal de-escalation um learning how to talk to people even through the academy that was a big thing mm-hmm. you know um just even you know defensive tactics, the appropriate way to hand th- handle things, the inappropriate way to handle things, right. um, has just been elevated that much more. You know, we do a lot. We built in a, a new station and have a designated defensive tactics room, which is great. Nice. It's all padded, nice, nice. you know, oh, and cool. uh, we do a lot of like Gracie jujitsu stuff, which is based around just controlling the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, nobody needs to get hurt. Like I said, I want someone to go home at the end of the day just like i want to go home at the end sure, of the day yeah, sure yeah. right things happen let's and do it the most safe control way we can i think honestly de-escalation well and to be clear like i think that that is a concept is something that people gloss over in the civilian part of the world um i think that it's really because uh, it's cool right like oh man yeah i carry a gun oh yeah it's, it's really badass man it's yeah. so badass to carry a glock i mean or a sig sorry guys you know but uh, <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like everyone looks at, okay, what kind of gun do I carry? What kind of ammo do I carry? Do I right. carry a knife? Yeah. And, oh, I go train jujitsu. I'm into Muay Thai. But um, there's a guy uh, actually listening to the Fieldcraft podcast, uh, Yusuf Badu, I think is the dude's name, but talked a lot about de-escalation and observation. Um, in my opinion, uh, and again, I, I never served in the military, not law enforcement, but um, being <laughs> more aware of what's going on, uh, observing your surroundings and knowing how to de-escalate is probably... If you want to talk about being actually prepared, yeah, is like yeah number one on that list. Just like because he talked about it on a couple, he was on one of the fieldcraft episodes, right? And he's like, yeah, if I see some guy walk in and he's you know sweating bullets and he's ultra clammy and everything, like I'm just gonna walk over to him, like, hey man, how's it going? You, yeah. you all right? Yeah, you, yeah, you are. That's, right. that, you know? that's one thing that in the military I never had to deal with. Like de-escalations, yeah. that wasn't my thing. Yeah. You know, like my job was like drop bombs on people. Yeah. So, if you're like, there, so, we've gotten past yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so like I never had to experience how to de-escalate yeah. a situation. And from from my personal opinion, I think de-escalation is way harder than just no, fucking guns blazing and like blow shit up. Yeah, it, it, you really have to be a keen observer. Um I can relate it a lot, and I always relate it a lot. Like, I'm a big hunter. Um, it goes right to that. You're literally watching for these, like, cues, social cues. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you see a guy who's sweating. His palms are clenched. You know, his mm-hmm. jaw's clenched. You know, he's got a you know uh, aggressive stance. These are things that if you can nip them in the butt, right, mm-hmm. you know, why – like you said, we all like, I carry a Glock, I carry this, I carry that. Like, well, what about the things that we can train to do? Like to not even get to those, like those points. Skills. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we We're all do know how to defend ourselves, but face out of the phone yeah, and start paying yeah. attention to just like, watch. Hey, there's like two guys that have been following you for the last three blocks. Like, yeah. 
and it might, it might just be coincidence because right. where, where you work is a big party city. You know, there's lots of bars and restaurants and it's awesome. I love spending time there personally, but like, so it might be a coincidence, but you're not going to cause any harm or anything by just like paying attention. Like, yeah. Hey, is this letting someone know? Like, yeah. I mean, if they're following too close or maybe it has been a couple blocks around a couple corners and they're like sticking with you, like, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. this is getting weird. Maybe I should drive to the police station, right? right. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you train or they train you to deescalate, what are some of the, the primary uh, key points? So a lot of it, we're really trying to relate on like a personal level with somebody, you know, um, learn their name, figure out what's going on. You know, how are you today? Mm-hmm. What brings you here today? Mm-hmm. Right. Figure out where their head's at. You're doing a lot of research, maybe not out in the open, uh, just by using questioning, right? You're not going to like, hey, what are you doing? You know, like. You're asking, you know, how's your day going? What have you done today? What, why are you here? How are you feeling? You know, what's your name? Then you start using their name, things like that. And mm-hmm. just try and bring it to a personal level where all of a sudden you guys are having this conversation and they're going to tell you all about what's going on or what's about to happen. They'll start opening it up. Yeah. And uh, it's solved a lot. Like I said, I've been a little over a year. I've been on the road and the amount of times that those things have came into play almost daily where going hands-on with people or things like that are very few and far between whereas they wouldn't be before Mm -hmm. um you can start opening up to people and i think that's what a lot of people need especially now we're all locked away right right i i've seen a huge spike in in mental health issues i was just gonna say dude depression right now like i've i've dealt with you know like gone to the doctor like hey dude your vitamin uh or c d whatever the sunlight and it's like yeah. You need to like double up on yeah. your your do- well, but well, I, and I also work a desk job, so I'm just naturally not outside as much. Right. But like, oh yeah, and people that want to say like that it's not a factor staying home, and there are those people. I'm like, yeah. dude, you're factor, absolutely man. full of shit. Bro, did you see the fucking uh, stock price of <clears throat> weed? Like, <laughs> like skyrocketed to the dude, moon or even COVID. like booze right now. You know, yeah, like maybe yeah. like the big ones that are publicly traded, like Anheuser Busch, whatever. Yeah. Like, dude. They're making money hand over fist. I actually yeah. work with a lady whose husband is a regional manager for a dis- distribution company. I'm like, so how's that been? It's like, well, since they kind of shut everything down and then he got to go back to work, he hasn't worked an eight-hour day. It's yeah. been like 12 hours, 14 hours. I can only I'm, imagine. I'm like, it's not how – I've definitely spent more money on booze. There's no <laughs> doubt. I, I have definitely quadrupled my booze budget in the last year. Yeah. So, you know, that you're always dealing with. Um People are upset, you know. Yeah. They just want to be talked to. Yeah, it's yeah. a big thing. Honestly, uh, the verbal de-escalation is probably when I finally sat down at the department and they're like, "You're going to do three days of training before we put you in uniform and you go on the road and you start your field training." Right. But like, even before they shot me with a taser, they're like, "Here's verbal de-escalation." <laughs> yeah, they're you know. So before you got to the hard stuff, they're like, "Here's the presentation on how you're going to talk to people." Yeah. Um, and it's even changed. It used to be called verbal judo, which um, you know, you could kind of change people's mindset just by talking to them. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, it's it's moved into this de-escalation because you're not really trying to trick them. Like, let's right. personalize with them, right? So it goes well. I, that's a big part of our training. We do a lot of training on everything else, obviously, all the time. Um, but mm-hmm. talking to people is huge. So what is the escalation of force then in, when it comes to like the, the training yeah, so practices? Yeah, so there's this thing called the uh, the force continuum. And um, 
it literally starts at like officer presence. Like us showing up on the scene is basically the first level of use of force, right? Us being there is just one. And then it's um, it's talking to people. Then you're going to commands, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's always like a, what I'll always account it to is like ask, tell, make, or ask, tell, do, mm-hmm. right? You're there. You're going to ask them what to do. You're going to try and talk to them. If they're not going to do it, well – then you're going to try and tell them what to do, right? Because they're they're now being defiant. Right. And th- them right. verbally defying you is, you know, an act of aggression towards you, right? So then you have to step things up. And we're allowed to go plus one of where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it gets all the way up to, uh, you know, what you hope never happens is like deadly force, you know? Right, so, right. Like it starts at just showing up and works its way all the way up to deadly force. Um, See, and that's... Honestly, that's something that gets thrown around a lot in the media right now that I don't agree with because I feel like you guys are putting in like some really rough situations where it's really, um, it's really easy to Monday morning quarterback whatever you want to call it to like pick oh, those apart yeah, afterwards. Like, well, um, you know, or you hear well hear or read all these arguments like, well, you could have shot the guy in the leg or you could have just tasered him, and it's like, okay. Yeah, the whole the whole shot in the leg thing. Do you know where if arteries you, are? If, yeah, if you look at like the medicals behind that, I'm like, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> if someone throws that argument out there, like you have no idea what you're talking about, so let's just not even continue this discussion. But I feel like it, you guys, like, and it's obvious you guys are being put under a huge microscope right now, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and, and it's, we and they, watch all these videos right as a department, and. Yeah. There's everything to learn from everything, right? Like you said, you can Monday make Monday morning quarterback everything. Um, we watch them. There's something to take from all of them. We have good discussions about all these things. What could have done better? What could have gone this way? What could have gone this way? And like you said, you know, these are like events that are two minutes long, right? Exactly. To have hours and hours to break them down or 10 guys to look at them and say, this should have gone this way. It, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not a perfect situation because mm-hmm. if it was, you guys never right. would have been there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why it, people, it's like, oh, well, we need to, um, you know, we need to defund the police or, uh, Dude, what's the, the um, <laughs> they want to remove, uh, I'm sorry, qualified immunity and stuff like that. And that's I go, also bullshit. I'm like, okay, you're using some isolated incidents as examples as to why we need to defund, depower, de whatever, remove authority from the police figures. And I'm like, yeah. This is stupid. I mean, like, this is really yeah. dumb. And I feel like, you know, from a training perspective, I feel like if people, speaking from my own, ex- not really my own experience with the police, but just as a civilian, like, if you just know how to deal with police officers and just deal with people in general, you know how to de-escalate and everything, like, you can avoid most of this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm a minority. I've never had a poor experience with a police officer. I mean, yes, I've gotten some tickets that I was pretty annoyed with at the time. We were talking about the the one for my stupid exhaust on my yeah. Honda Civic. I'm like, okay, I mean, shit happens. It wasn't the end of the world. It cost me like 50 bucks. Okay, moving on with my life. But people want to, you know, well, we need better training. And why aren't you more sensitive to this? And why aren't you more sensitive to that? And it's like, well... Do you understand that more training means more money? Yeah. Do you understand that Shit's not cheap, man. defunding the police means it is less a, training and yeah. more of whatever you, you deem these problems to be? And the weird thing that comes into training that I didn't even realize, um, you know, looking at it, and I see my supervisors, we like put in for training, and then it comes into like staffing, moving around, money for, mm-hmm. you know, for bringing other people in. Or if you mm-hmm. go to over uh, training on your days off and stuff like this, like it might create overtime, and then it's higher budget and more money. Yep. Yeah. So, it, and some of the, most of the classes, um, are like a lot of them are free or government funded or like grant, you know, your, your department can get paid back for, mm-hmm. right? Which is great. Um, 
but a lot of them aren't. You know, uh, I'm looking at a class through the Border Patrol. It's like $700, right? There's two or three of us that want to go. Yeah. It adds up, plus the time to pay us to go, you know, three days. And it's it's a whole thing. Um, Is there a way for civilians to assist with the funding for police training, like, is there like a, a program? Pay your goddamn taxes. Aside from that, because the reason I ask is, um, my buddy. Oh well, no, he's he's my brother. <laughs> my brother does jujitsu with yeah. uh, with uh, yeah, Mike the Cop, the mm-hmm. YouTube guy. Okay. And um, I guess Mike the Cop, he started like uh, and like adopt the adopt a, adopt a cop okay. program, <laughs> and it's like you can, you know, you can like donate money so for a dollar 25 a day yeah, you too so can so ensure that <laughs> do stuff like like jujitsu training interesting and, and and other training programs yeah um i can't say in my experience that i i would directly know how to handle that i know that we have a department within our department our professional standards division um and they might be better able to answer that question i would just say you know back your municipalities like if yeah, you right. want your police officers in your city to be better, just vote Republican. <laughs> show your support. <laughs> I won't say you know, <laughs> don't. You know that's you know, people's choices are there. I mean, and I, I don't want to put it in like shitty terms, but I mean, it really, it is. I mean, that's people are campaigning on that now. Like we we're going to defund the police. That's my campaign platform. It's like yeah. that's that's a dumb idea. That's tough, you know. And uh, I haven't seen it, but like I don't think. Anyone I've directly come into contact with in the law enforcement world sure. that I've worked with has had to experience that, yeah. you know. Um, so thankfully, you know, where we're located within the world. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just, I'm actually just surprised, it. you know, you saying that. Like, we put in for the training, and for the most part, we get it, yeah. you know, because I, I definitely have heard from other people in other departments, like, it's that's not the case. Yeah. Like, you can go to some training, but right. it's, you know— well, I can and, tell you firsthand. So I served in the military under President Obama, and our budget got fucking raped. <laughs> like, was, dude, we like we didn't have fucking gas to drive Humvees. Um, you know, <clears throat> planes weren't flying, drop bombs weren't dropping. Like, yeah, it's like sometimes for our training. I remember we had to grab radios and no shit. We went out in the woods and we're like, all right, you guys, you guys play the aircraft. Go stand over there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be a fucking air controller. I'll stand over here. You got, you go be the target. You run around there. <laughs> and we just like play fucking GI Joe for training. Sometimes we just didn't have, we didn't have the budget mm-hmm. to train. That's, that's crazy. So yeah, it's that, interesting that's what, to hear. Like that's what my experience was like when yeah. you have a, and not to get too political, but like when you have people in office cut your budget drastically. Yeah, yeah, I'm very spoiled. Um, I was lucky enough to be picked up by a city who this is their motto being older in the academy. I got to hear people's pitches and realize a little more what was important. You know, a lot of the younger kids, they'll different things were important to them. You know, they literally come during lunchtime at the academy and give you like this presentation. Are you talking about like the municipalities? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Each city would come and say, you know, we're recruiting, we need officers. This is what we offer. Here's our retirement. Here's Aside from it just being shitty, like, did the city of Detroit have a bad pitch or something? I feel like they're always asking for people. It's yeah, uh, a hard place yeah, to police. It, I mean, it, they, they need a lot of people. It's a huge place to police. Yeah. Um, they have a different protocol, man. They did come to our department. 
you can't say one way or the other because everything has its ups and its downs and you know pluses and minuses and if you wanted to go a certain way within law enforcement if you wanted to get to a certain level you know it's all about your end goal right mm, true and if you wanted to get to somewhere you know the city of detroit might be a great place for you to start because you want to get into maybe a specific narcotics division or work your way up to this that or the other and you know they work with dpd right so you got to go that route mm. um you know like i said i was a little older so different things were more important to me you know i took some that was they had a great end game, great benefits. I saw great training, great people. Everyone I met, you know, when I was experienced to my city was great. So th- that played a lot into it with me. Yeah. A little older, I don't have as, you know, I'm going to be 55 when I retire. It's pretty old for a police officer. So I don't plan on going anywhere. <laughs> you know? Pretty young for the rest of us. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll still have to work. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, everyone's got its ups, its downs. I can't talk badly about anybody just because well, Each no, person has their, their pluses and their minuses. And I saw great yeah. things. You know, the city of Port Huron, they work a lot with Border Patrol. And they came in and they had all kinds of crazy toys. Yeah. They're like, we work directly with Border Patrol. We got drones. We got robots. Well, yeah, just because they're, they're right there with the bridge and everything. Yeah. That makes sense. It was you know? way cool, right? You know, and they got like helicopters and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, that's that's awesome, you know. That's, that's yeah. It, you know, like Lansing came in and they're like, we work with the stadiums and we're at the football games. And that's cool like, too. Each one's got cool stuff, right? Yeah. So I was just making an educated decision, and I said, end game. It's all where you want to be and what works for you. And that's crazy because I had always thought that for whatever reason, it was like when people want to go into law enforcement, you almost like you have to take the shittier job first. That's because, what I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I had friends and stuff that were like, no, you got to go to DPD for yeah. like two years, and then you'll be more attractive to other uh, cities, whatever, and then you can get out. That was my anticipation. Yeah. Um, and just picking the, the time of the world that we're in, I was blessed. The gentleman that got hired with me is the same as me. They were specifically looking for guys in their late 20s, early 30s, that oh, had life experience. Yeah. You know, I had been in the trades. The guy I got hired with was a carpenter. Things like this. We have been out in the world. Dude, yeah. and that is You're so... You're not an 18-year-old. It's right. so fucking yeah. important now, too. Because, yep. like, even just you look at, like, social media, you look out in the world... I hate to sound like such an old bastard, but like, dude, some of these kids these days, like 19, 20, or maybe even 21, they're so opinionated. Well, they're, they're kids. Dude, yeah, yeah kids. and it's like, dude, you don't know shit about shit, man. Like, right. you don't even fucking yeah. pay taxes yet. Don't you, right. don't lecture right. me about how this all, this world is supposed to work. You know, like, I made my bones with this world, yeah. man. Like, I, I got, I, have a, I own a home, I pay taxes, I got a family, I got yeah. a dog. Like, right. I mean, the dog, not so great of an argument. But, you know, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I get it. It's just, and, and that's what's, it feels like that's what's driving the world right now. Yeah. And I, it's tough. You want to be able to relate to people. Um, you want to be able to be sympathetic. You want to show up to yeah. that call, and the guy's like, him and his girlfriend have been going at it all day. And, you know, we've all been in relationships, right? We're right. old enough. We've been in a few. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what it's yeah. like to have a tough day, right? Sometimes you guys are just, like, crazy. And not that saying that it's, it's always escalated to that point, but um, it's much easier to walk in there and look at him and be like, listen, man, I know in where there. you're coming I, from, I, right? I, like, right. it's a tough day for you guys. See, like, I didn't even think about that. That's, you know, when, yeah. like, if you're 18, 19, 21, you come in there and you're like, hey, man, I know what you're going through. And he's like, bro, you no, just you went to prom last <laughs> year. <Right? laughs> you don't know shit. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, it makes it a little easier. And, then, again, that goes right into, like, the de-escalation. The guy's like, all right, somebody is in this room and can say, I know where you're at. And if you're like, hey, man, let's go outside. Let's take a breath. Let's determine like nothing happened. If nothing happened, this was just an argument. Right? Maybe we cool off. You go to your buddies or you guys sleep in separate rooms. Like That's the end of it. What a good day, right? Easy enough. No one gets hurt. End of that. 
So <laughs> I was lucky enough to be scooped up during a time when they were looking for those specific people, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, the living your eyes a little wider, you know, a little more receptive to stuff. Yeah. No, it's definitely with age and you start to, I mean, all that stuff when we were getting out of high school, you know, it's like, well, I'll never see this, this, and this. I'll never have friends that go through, I'll never have friends that go through drug abuse. I'll never have friends that go through rape, yeah. you know, any of that stuff mm-hmm. that you're like, that just doesn't happen. And then it happens, you know, and it's like, wow, I mean, really, that's, I, yeah, it makes a lot of sense how you put it that way. Like, it makes you a lot more relatable, yeah. especially because your job is, I mean, honestly, public relations. Yeah. I mean, if well, you want to put a stupid step title one to it. Step one of de-escalation, right? Yeah. yeah. You just, just connect you got to be able to connect with them. Yeah. Sympathy, empathy. And it's huge. You know, it makes you feel good, too. You know, you watch it directly work and you're like okay that's cool like i didn't have to take that guy to jail i don't want to go arrest people right you know, like, no, it's, it's definitely day. a last resort right if they have to you have to but the whole idea is like let's just like make the world a better place by the end of your shift and like you get to go home i get to go home mm-hmm. like nobody got hurt so yeah let's talk about the other side of the spectrum then like if things went full kinetic talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. shooting and stuff from a training perspective I, I hear different things, and I've ex- experienced some things on my own. I've heard stories. Um, what's it like, I guess, when you guys go through training at the academy? Like, uh, they put a lot of emphasis on firearms training. Um, and, and not just can you shoot straight, but, like, um, yeah. do you really know what you're – like, oh, for example, and I, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, so I'm going to call my brother-in-law out here for a second because when he first got in the Air Force – I just making casual conversation. I was like, yeah, so what's up, man? You guys shoot like uh, Berettas? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, man, I wish. We just got an M9. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Contrary to popular belief, man, uh, you don't shoot as much as people think you shoot in the military. Well, and that's just like, when and, it comes to training. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, not trying to call him out or anything. He's a good dude. But yeah. um, to me, mm-hmm. you know, as a civilian, knowing, um, about your weapon system, how it works, how yeah. to handle it safely, which I actually just read, uh, I don't think I have it in front of me, uh, I just read a book uh, that was on mentoring new shooters and stuff. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things they talked about, I'd never really considered it, was when just teaching people how to administratively handle your firearm. And that can be walking from the table behind you at the range up to your lane without Big. flagging people, yeah. uh, how to unload the firearm safely. And it's like, duh of yeah. course but then i thought about my first time going to the range and like it's nerve-wracking right dude, it took me like 15 minutes to load a seven round magazine like, yeah I was super bad at it and i was very embarrassed <laughs> yeah it, it's tough um something i recently experienced um like i said my girlfriend just got her cpl she's new to firearms so it was interesting for me i went to the academy having shot a lot like i said i carried a gun for 10 years mm-hmm. um shot a lot before i got there um so you know dealing with the new shooter you you don't realize some of the things you do have to teach them um bring that back when we were in the academy uh, i was lucky enough to go to academy with the biggest indoor range in the state of michigan this nice. place is huge the um it's a uh, macomb community college the indoor range is massive wait 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 mm-hmm. stop macomb has an indoor range yeah it's uh i didn't know that either yeah, yeah i was a student there for like seven years so it's <laughs> off it's it's at their public service institute which is over by the Macomb County Jail. Mm. It's called their East Campus. Yeah. It's, Dude, I never yeah. even knew that was there. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. The place is gorgeous. It's, um, God, I want to say like maybe 60 yards wide. You know, it's 20-some lanes, if not maybe more. And then um, 
definitely, God, I can't remember how big it is. It's like 25, 30 yards long. It's a beautiful place. Um, and it's all open and there's garage doors. Like you can drive cars in there and stuff oh, like, shit. yeah, it was amazing. Um, now, did you guys do that? Yeah. Like bring vehicles. In yeah. They did it quite a bit. But like you said, in the beginning, there was people in our academy who had never fired a weapon. Right. And mm-hmm. you don't think that like me again, like I shot a lot going into the academy and I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, like, I know how to handle a gun. So does everybody. Right. Yeah. You want to be a police officer. You there's people who are like, I've never shot a gun. You're like, oh, interesting. Dude, that's how I was going in the military. Yeah. I never shot a gun before. Right. Yeah. So they broke it down to the basics. We had some, a uh, couple of days of classroom, you know, literally blow up diagrams of a Glock, things like that, how to function them, how to clean them, how to use them. This is what this part does. This is what this part does. Um, and then again, walking from the bench to where you got to shoot, right? Let's, let's not fly. I know the gun's not loaded, but you, again, Doesn't matter. act like it's loaded, right? Yep. Four rules yep. of firearm yep. safety, you know, gun, you know, every gun's always loaded. So, uh, <laughs> which we actually had to write each one a hundred times. So that's how they ingrain things into nice. your brain, nice. right? The day before you shoot, you gotta go home. You just gotta write these things out by hand, right? You come back and you're like, here it is, sir. <laughs> you know? so study for so standardized so, testing yeah. is repetition. Yeah. I, I did it at work once and some guy walked in. He's like, did you get detention? Like, no, that's what it looks studying, like. <laughs> I'm studying for a, an exam. It was when yeah. I was getting my uh, investment license. Yeah. But I'm like, it does. Like yep. you will retain that, yeah. especially a hundred times. Like I did it four or five times, not... So it's it super wild. Uh, there's a lot of inspections, things like that. You know, you would line up in the range. The, we had a lot of firearms instructors. Again, blessed to have a great facility. Um, they would do an inspection before we shot, you know, to make sure your weapons are clear, things like that. Mm-hmm. And you get to the line, um, they would tell you to, you know, show, show you how to administratively load your weapon, how to handle your weapon, how to feel comfortable handling, handling it. Um, and then we shot, God, I want to say... It was over a couple thousand rounds. It was up there. We shot mm. quite a bit for for some time. Um, now, what do you guys like yearly qualification look like? We shoot twice a year. We qualify twice a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's it's a pretty decent course. I mean, it definitely checks to see if you're still like capable of using a firearm. Right. I, I like anything. You know, I'm I'm a guy. I like gear. I like to train. Yeah. I I think it could be more but I think it does what it's designed to do. So um, then do you do most of your firearm training on your personal time? Now, yeah. Yep. You got to take time off. Um, again, me being new. So just going through things and then learning how to be on the road. I've shot a lot less this year, but now looking into private classes, mm. getting with instructors from the academy who told me to get a hold of them. They get, Every one of them gave us their phone numbers. That's cool. You know, nice. And they're like, we shoot you know, me, this guy, this guy, we shoot on our own time. We go to classes. I'm literally taking vacation time. Cause I asked that same question. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, when you get to the department, like what are they, what do we got going on? Right. Like what, do they do a lot with you? And he's like, well, they're going to do some stuff, you know, but, uh, you're pretty much going to have to do quite a bit on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I, probably a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It gives you some flexibility, yeah. but at the same time you have to be more personally accountable. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And if it's something you like, you got to do it. Right. Um, we shot a lot when we got to the department too. Three full days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they got pretty intense with it. Um, you know, dark lights, strobe lights, running, gunning, moving. Right, yeah. Dude, the low light stuff, it, it's fun. Yeah. It's really difficult. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the PID is, I mean, that's crucial. A lot of yeah. people don't crucial. practice that. Like I'll dry practice sometimes with just a handheld and my concealed carry gun. And it's just different. Yeah. It's well, just different. Like you have to wait and read what you're Mm-hmm. I can't really explain it. So well. speaking of, um, of of identifying your target, 
So you guys didn't have to do that in a shoot house, did you? Oh, you just shoot everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for police. So then, before you draw, so you know, so let's say it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a flashlight not attached to your pistol to shine on an object first? Yeah, to too. identify it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I carry two on me. I wouldn't imagine you'd fucking draw your pistol no. with the light. No, because then... that's, that's a use of force. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. paperwork right there. Yeah. yeah, the second you do that, that's, that's some paperwork, right? So, um, yeah, and you're taught in the academy, not every department has gun lights, you know, cool stuff like right. all the toys. Um, you're taught to do the couple different carries, you know, over the shoulder, the FBI carry, and like you see, you know, and they are in handy. Um, but again, identifying where you're at, what you're at, being observed observant of your roundings that's it you know mm-hmm. going into places and you know that's where you like your toys too like i had a flashlight yeah. i went on midnights and i was like thought yeah. this thing was cool it's like a thousand lumens it was small it fit on my belt and i was like this thing like doesn't make it past like the sidewalk right so then you gotta go get like something bigger right so i carry two and uh you're like this thing goes a football field and it's huge right so you spend more money but Again, it helps your training. It's, it's that's, fun. I mean, honestly, that's where, like, so stu- like, and it sounds dumb, right? But, like, stuff like that, I think more people should invest in, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. and you can watch some of the Instagram people or YouTube people that make it look all, you know, super high speed and cool and stuff. But, and that's honestly, like, the good ones talk about those, like, the merits of a handheld light versus a weapon yeah. and light, yeah. um, what brands to buy and stay away from. And you, you kind of, you get those people that w- they want to bitch about it and like, oh, I'm not going to buy yeah. Surefire. Or Headlamp. You know, or yeah. just putting that out there. <laughs> or Headlamp. Yeah, and keeping your fucking fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit, but, like, people don't, you know, think about that. Like, well, I'm going to spend 700 bucks on my concealed carry gun. Yeah. And I'm going to spend $400 milling the slide. And I'm going to spend $500 getting an optic for it. And I'm going to Cerakote it. And I'm like, sweet, bro, what kind of light do you carry with you? Yeah. And then, like, people don't. I got, like, $300 in flashlights on me every day. <laughs> you know, like, dude, good flashlights. And this took me a little while to understand. Like, dude, good flashlights cost money. They're a lot. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can yeah. get some cost-effective ones. Um, I carry the, I don't know if you have any, the Streamlight Polytac. Yeah. It isn't bad. It's, like, but it's still, like, 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. And then um, I think it's, like, the G2 from Surefire is around the same. Yeah. But that's pretty much as cheap as you're going to get for something that you're going to want to beat up and still be able Absolutely. to use. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I have my phone. I'm like, uh oh. Dude, fuck that. No, dude, that's not that's not a light. It's not. <laughs> so, you know, you know. Again, like, how do you manipulate that while you're doing? Yeah, stuff? no. Like, you right. can throw a ring on your your flashlight and yep. you still leave your hand open. Mm-hmm. I carry the um the switchback from Theorem, so I can run it on my finger. And I can flip it over and still get my grip and everything. But it's just, I think it's overlooked. See, I got fucking one kid in this side, fucking headlamp. I'm trying to, you know, get it done. Yeah, trying to try to get it all done. Like that's, that's funny. I swear, headlamps are underrated. <laughs> that's that's our next sponsor. Who we need to uh, <laughs> company, actually, That's that's the next one. That's hysterical. <laughs> Now, like, so, yeah, like, the low-light stuff, uh, I think, at least from anybody, honestly, is yeah, overlooked. Up, you know, up in that stress level, they, like... Well, just because it's dark, right? Yep. People are afraid of the dark. Like, yep. adults, yeah. you know, I'm fine. I sleep in the dark. It's not a big deal. Some adults are still afraid of the dark. Yeah. Whatever. It's like that you, yeah, you up the stress level just because you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Then they'd start I, to play head games with you uh, at the academy. You know, we'd be in the dark. Things would be flashing. God. They'd, uh... 
they'd have two targets out there and like one guy's holding the beer can and the other guy's holding the gun. Right. Mm. And like, mm. they want to see you pull your flashlight out, you, you know, identify your target, things like right. that. Um, I remember distinctively, like, I think I was just a little lucky and I didn't stare at the strobe lights so I could see. And I distinctly <laughs> knew like the one guy had a beer can. So like the other guy must be the target. And right? I just like, it's like 50, 50 shot. Right. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I took the shot and like, they literally looked at you and they're like, did you make the right call? And you're like, I think so. You know, like, how'd you, I'm like, look, how'd you know? I'm like, well, that guy has a beer can. They're like, how do you know what that guy has? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> and it's really like a, a lesson so learned. They were like tricking your eyes. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, they'd come back and they'd question you about it. Hmm. So like, they're, we're going to teach you how to do this, but you're going to be held accountable for what you're doing, you know, in right. the real world. Right. You can't just like make this call and be like, well, I thought that was that. Right. right. So like, you're going to be held accountable for this decision you're going to have to make. So we're going to ask you some yeah. questions about why you made that decision, why you're comfortable making that decision. What in your brain said, make this decision. Yeah, right? What we used to do when it comes to going through different types of like ambient light. Right. You know, so let's say you're, you're fucking, you're outside, it's nighttime you're going into a house, you're hitting a house, and then you're you're going out to the next 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 home or village or whatever. You know, very like mm-hmm. military esque. Um, they we would train was um, we would always keep one eye closed. So so if light so if you're in the yeah. dark and you're about to go into the light, you know you would keep one eye closed, one eye open. You, know, you can so you can still see, but then the eye that's closed is. Um, it's not getting messed up yeah. by the light of the room that you go in. Yeah. So then when you go back outside, you know, you open that that eye back up and it, it's like it's still, you know, in like dark Yeah. Dark mode. Yeah, you right? just run nods. I mean, yeah, you can run nods. Yeah, that'd too, be great. But like, even with nods, um, you know, if you're going from fucking pitch black to like inside yeah. a lit room, you know, shit can get it can it can trick you. It yeah. can mess with your eyes if you're going dark light, dark light, dark light. Yeah. So you know, there are different, different like little tips and tricks, like you know, closing one eye, for example, stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like shoot no. that adjustment period. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't get to talk to a lot of guys on the other end of it, right? Like our training is actually distinctively different. You think there's a lot of stuff that's the same. I like hearing his side of the stuff. A lot of it makes more sense now that I've gone through some training too. Mm-hmm. A lot of it overlaps, but then there's a lot of that's different, and um, I think a lot of it can coincide and be beneficial. And those are the things you got to be just good on your training. You got to find good schools. See, and that's what, what I think sucks is you start to see, I think there was supposed to be somebody coming like to the Detroit area to speak to police officers. And it was something like the psychology of dealing like, like for police officers Mm -hmm. after, if you ever did have to kill somebody, it was, I forget what it was called. It was some program. He's tour- he tours the country doing this, and a bunch of like liberals freaked out. And they're like, they're promoting death by police officers. And it's like, no, it's he is a former law enforcement officer who has had to take a life. And right. he specifically speaks about the stress, the depression, everything that comes with. Yeah, I could only imagine. You know, having to go that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, people freak out about all this stuff. And, you know, and it's the same people that freak out and say, well, <clears throat> Uh, military or uh, law enforcement doesn't need this, this, and this because that's military. Civilian civilians shouldn't be able to own stuff like like body armor or or helmets. And it's like, well, why not? It's it's a life saving apparatus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the military has that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they don't die as well as much as they could. You right. Know I mean? It's like, why is that a comparison? You know, like military tactics are 
can be helpful. Well, now, people have become comfortable with allowing the government to become very, very big and very controlling. Telling them what to think. And yeah, then, and just like telling well, the them media what to too think. Doesn't help. And, and they just accept it. So mm-hmm. they're willing to give up the right to bear arms. They're willing to give up body armor and all these other things. They're willing to give up their speech all for the sake of, of feeling safe and secure. Right, because it doesn't appear to be a certain way. But it's like you, you've spent time going through shoot houses and stuff. Yeah. You know, and that's as a police officer, right? You're primarily going to be dealing, I would think. Yeah. With, residential buildings or at, at most maybe like office buildings but yeah it's not well you're not taking that 200 yard shot at some guy well, I, well maybe you will i don't know but you know what i mean right like the likelihood is. is you're going to be going through doorways right. and cutting corners and yeah you you're, know. you're talking seven to 21 feet i think is that average of average engagement a, yeah right yeah. so you know it, it's interesting you know and we do train for some far shots, but like I said, most of our stuff's within like 30 yards. I think that's a lot of the longer stuff that we've trained. We go to rifle training. I have rifle school in like two weeks. I'll do nice. three days outdoors, right? That'd be nice. cool. Is that uh, like, is that through the department or is that yeah, like an outside company? Yeah. Um, I came in at a time when they were like just waiting to do a rifle buy because we own our own rifle. That comes cool. out of our paycheck. And then I think they keep like a dollar of it. So it's still like a city owned weapon um, until so, the end. Yeah. And, when you leave, you just give them a buck. And yeah. Something like that. Nice. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Colt M4s. force. Yeah. They're like a patrolman's edition. Okay. Right. Um, and then we got a nice EOTech on top, which is new for me. Um, oh no, so, uh, Sam doesn't like the EOTech. <laughs> yeah, every, like everybody's the got, everyone's got their own opinion about it. Um, again, new for me. EOTech is still, I mean, it's a great optic. It's a great optic. Opinions aside, and I give you shit because I really want one. But yeah, (laughs) it's different. Um, Nothing I've ever trained with. So, like I I have my thoughts about it too. But it it is what we're issued. If I want to get something down the road, I think that's just something we have to request. But uh, I go through like that initial training. But it'll be three days of all rifle stuff. I think they're going to up the ante and so you know do some stressful shooting. I think Mm -hmm. we're at a hundred yards. And then I think we might do some longer stuff too, but sure. uh, definitely getting it well equated with the system. Again, like I said, I was blessed enough. I have some of the stuff at home. I shot a lot before I went to the academy. Yeah. So uh, that was nice. The academy was cool for me because I got some good instruction. A lot of people were there and they were just like being taught how to shoot. I was like, get, was able to get taught how to shoot better. Right. You how know? to improve on what you already Yeah. Do. Yeah. And, and what's really nice, they did at the end, they had a little shooting competition. That's the it's nice cool. part. Is it like it, that they build it in such a way that it doesn't, like it doesn't leave you behind as an experienced yeah. shooter while they're just spending all the time energy on some of the people that don't know anything. Right. So that's, that, I think to your point, that speaks to really good curriculum. Right. Good instructors. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, that's honestly, I think that maybe some of the innovations that way in the civilian side of things have helped to drive what is offered to law enforcement. Yeah. And um, I guess for some agents, like military agencies, I know there's a lot of companies out there doing a lot of different things. I know um, one of the ones I really do want to take a class with is uh, Centrifuge Tactical. They work. I know they work with Michigan State Police. Okay. But the guy is a former law enforcement officer in Texas, former weapons instructor but his name is will petty focuses entirely on vehicle combatives yeah um and like is really data driven and stuff and i there's some videos of him uh from like triarch i think is the company that interviewed him talks about like just everything like here's what you can use as cover on the vehicle here's like he has a really good video of 
you know, here, if you got shot in the arm and you got one hand, here's yeah. how you can, like, mm. pin the rifle against your hubcap. Yeah, what are you going to do, and, right? Like, right, yeah. Right. All <laughs> yeah, that under stress training are like, hey, you're right handed. You don't have your right hand anymore. Yeah. Now, what the fuck do you Going do? through that stuff mm-hmm. is interesting when they started taking, uh, taking stuff away from you. They're like, how are you going to load well, your and, gun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that, people are going to say, well, you don't, you know, some of these criticizers would say, well, that's military esque or you don't, you don't need all that. And it's like, well, Actually, if you look at the data, yeah. you know, 70% of all police-involved shootings start, uh, and I'm making that number up. It's a higher number than most people would think. Um, they start or, you know, whatever, kick off in and around a vehicle. Yeah. And this guy actually came out and he's like, you know, I don't talk about it, but the, what started this business for me or this training company was he lost a friend in a gunfight. And it was because they didn't know how to interact around a vehicle like one of the big things you see it like in movies, like, yeah, I'll just open the door and hide behind it. And it's like yeah. the door's pop metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they basically tell you there's like two or three really spots you can hide on and ain't none of them very big. Like yeah. you, you that's uh, engine block do it. in your axles. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. pretty much it. Like you can your C pillar and stuff. You, yeah, we yeah, A pillar, B pillar, stuff like that. And um those are things we use on a day to day basis. None of it's ideal. No. <laughs> no, they are the biggest part of the car. But it, it's interesting you say that like all these training you do, you talk about clearing buildings, clearing houses, stuff like that. Um, probably 90% of my interaction with people is in and around a vehicle on the road, right? Mm. If not more. You know, most mm. of my day is done making traffic stops on the side of the road, pulling people over, placement of a vehicle, how you place your patrol car. And, like, these are things I never thought of, right? right. You go into FTO and you have this guy who's – they're stressing you out. But, like, <laughs> you know – it's uh, you pull someone over and that you, you pull your car right behind them and they're like, why'd you do that? And you're like, oh no, what, what do you mean? Why'd I do that? What'd I do wrong? Right. And they teach you, you know, like if you maybe want to angle your car a little sideways when you pull them over, right, it's going to give you that engine block in case there's a situation where you have to run for cover, right? Mm. All these other mm. little things that, right. that become a skew that you don't really think about, right? And I had an older guy. I rode with him for one day and, uh, that makes sense. Like just the other day, I saw somebody getting pulled over in the, the cop, it was like a, an explorer or something. Yeah. It was like parked at some funny ass angle. I'm like, yeah, why are you doing that? Right. Well, what? Yeah. I, I'd never thought about it. That's a good point though. Yeah, good point. It, it was super weird. And, uh, I think during my FTO, I rode with a guy who'd been on for like 22 years. Hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> I made a traffic stop and he's like, okay. You know, after he's like, that's pretty good. But, uh, watch this. And he like gets out of the car and he's like, all right, now back up to like how far you were away from the car. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think in his eyes, I was pretty close. So maybe like 30 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a little longer and he like looks right at me and all of a sudden he just starts running at the car and i'm like <laughs> oh, shit. what's going on you know and he like got there pretty quick yeah and uh he's like look how fast that happened you know and he's like that's how fast someone's going to come at you mm-hmm. so you know he's like these are things that, again you think about that right you got to be further away and right. it, it, it's interesting um just being comfortable in and around a car thing about how fast people can get out of the car stuff like that so um it's an interesting place to be, especially us when we're out in the world, in the civilian world, right? Where we go places in our car. Mm-hmm. People are crazy on the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, especially, it seems like the last five years, they've just found more and more ways to make everything drive up friendly. Yeah. You know, it used to just be food. Yeah. It's like, I mean, shit, everything has dry- Chick-fil-A. You yeah. You got your damn car. They, everything's on a, on an iPad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, curbside it's like this. And curbside pickup for all your food or your shopping. Yeah. You know, and that could be, You'd be sitting there waiting for your, your damn Myers, your grocery order. Yeah. Somebody walks up with a gun and it's like, How give often me your do purse. you go into the bank anymore? Right. 
Very uh, rarely. Yeah. Like, uh, so, the window that's or... a good question. Oh, I think it was when I was depositing the third stimulus check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that was, so, that, right? That you was don't a... go into a bank anymore. You're at like a teller window or you're at an ATM. It, you're very exposed. But again, you're in and around a vehicle. And it's something, you know, CPL classes, stuff like that. They don't really teach a lot. You no. Know? Dude, CPL Here. classes are actually uh, really awful. As far as you, like you... And it sucks. It's like a sign of the times, you know. It's like they're so caught up in covering their asses yeah. from a legal standpoint yep. and teaching you the what you can and can't do. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And like, and I don't know. I can only speak to the class I went through. Um, and it was a good. He was a solid dude. He mm-hmm. was a former training sergeant for uh, Macomb County Sheriff. Okay, dude's name was Mike. Solid dude. Um, but like, gets down to the course. He's like, yeah, he gave it. it was the, the B five targets like those paper plate circle ones, whatever. Yeah. Like now, turn them around and put them on the cardboard downrange. I'm like. We have to shoot the target. He's no. You just need to get twenty rounds on the paper, and that's. Mm. I mean, and and realistically, that is yeah good enough as a standard. But that's all you got to do, and it's like okay. And he did his best. It was mm-hmm. just him, and there was like twenty of us in the class, and like he tried to help and fix grip and stuff. And that's like, tough. That's yeah, and that's. I mean, it took us like an hour and a half just because he stopped and made us lay everything out and went over the fundamental rules of safety and everything. But people think, oh, you take a CPL course you should be perfectly well-versed. And it's yeah. like, that's possibly yeah, could not even be further right, from the truth. Yeah. You may yeah. actually leave that class being more confused yeah. than you when know. you walked in. And it goes right back to what you're saying. You spend, you spend almost $1,400 on your carry weapon, right? And you got a flashlight and you got a knife and you got all this stuff yep. and you're good to go. And you, you know, you, well then what, right? You're there and someone's how you shoot. Maybe you are a decent shot, but like there's things that happen. Like take the time and money and, find a good class or find something with some good reviews and like, just go do it. That's why right? you know, people ask me like, well, I was, you know, I bought a gun. Which, what's the first thing I should do? I'm like, go home and play with it. Yeah. Like it's I'll not unload a load at first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And people are like, well, it's not a toy. I go, yeah, it's not, but play with it. Like yeah. rack the slide hundreds of times, pull the trigger hundreds of times, stick the magazine in and remove it hundreds of times. Yeah. Like I remember the first couple times, just like getting used to dropping the slide, like, it's scary. Yep. Like you don't know. And you're thinking something bad's going to happen. And it's like, cause you just, you've never been around a firearm. Yeah. You don't have that confidence and it's, yeah, go home and play with it. And then eventually you start figuring out, you know, I mean, I personally looked up dry firing. How mm-hmm. can I get better at, at training? What should I be aware of? Um, you know, I've had my bad moments at the range where I maybe have flagged somebody once, but I mean, like it happens yeah, with tough. new shooters. Right. And you got to learn. I, unfortunately, I didn't have anybody to show me. That's a lot, too. A lot of people don't. I didn't for years and uh, never took the time. Like, I thought, I was like, all right, well, with practice, it'll just be great. You know, I'll go once a month, and this is back when you could afford to shoot once a month. <laughs> and, like, things were different times. Like once a year, and you're afraid to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, but you do develop bad habits, um, you know. So, Find there's some good courses out there. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of places around here that are pretty decent. Um, if you got to drive, like make a trip of it. I think people in this world are a little afraid to like get out, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Make a road trip. Go book a hotel, even if it's like a weird little hundred and some dollar hotel, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <a sweet laughs> right? Yeah. Learn your laws and know how to transport what you got, and you know, go a state or two over. There's a lot of good training, Dude, even just in Ohio. Yeah. There's a lot of good training facilities and mm-hmm. stuff in Ohio. That, yeah. uh, and actually some of the companies are actually starting to come up into Michigan. I know I can't remember the name of the company, but, uh, Ann Arbor arms, there's a shooting range or I should say a shooting facility in the city of Ann Arbor mm-hmm. that is, that hosts class like that. I know Sentinel concepts used to do classes there. And now this other, cl- uh, company is there. 
Um, I know the range out in like Port Huron, Blue Water Shooting yeah. Facility or something. Okay. They do, um, I know they've done like long range rifle yeah. uh, stuff out there and everything. So there's, it's definitely accessible if you know where to look. Yeah, you got to take some time. I remember thinking for years that you're like, oh, this is pretty designated to like military or law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. And a granted, like a lot of the good training you'd think it is more accessible to us without having to look for it, right? We don't have to dig as yeah. deep. It's kind of presented to you a little more, um, but it's it's out there. You know, go join a sportsman's club, go shoot some clays, get some buddies. Yeah. You know, that's still yeah. like a cheap thing to do, right? Like you said, just like play with these things. You know, make sure yeah. they're unloaded. Right? Be yeah. safe, like, you know, be yeah. I, that's what I was talking about. Like, <laughs> be, making the decision to own a firearm, it's like it's a response. As much of a, and I hate to say that it's a privilege yeah. because it's a right. Right. But it's a responsibility Absolutely. like anything else. I mean, but so is driving a car. Yeah. You know, like yep. we do that every day and no one bats an eye. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's an extra responsibility, but you should be competent with it. You're proficient. You know, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you got to be the best shot. It doesn't mean you have to be the fastest. It just means you have to be, I mean, basically safe yeah. and safe in terms of you can protect yourself safely. And, you know, you, no one's saying you have to take that shot. You no. know, if it's questionable, hey, 50 yards is too much for me. Like, cool. Then maybe your priority is not making that shot. Maybe your right. priority is getting the cover. Yeah, defense you know, of life. Or, right. you know, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways to handle a lot of situations. I just think when people think about, you know, I'm going to buy a gun, it's like, oh, you want to kill somebody. Yeah. And actually, we just had a friend say that to us the other weekend. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah. like, yeah, I think the gun gun dudes, and he's listening. He's going to listen to this. Anyway. <laughs> he's, he's like, I feel like some of you guys just want to shoot somebody. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm You're terrified. Right now, dude. Yeah. I am terrified. I am literally, I think about that every time I pick up, yeah. like, and I'm not a police officer. Right. right. Yeah. Anytime I leave the house with my firearm, I'm like, am I going to... Am I going to go to a bar? Do I do I want to bring this with me? I mean, I have yeah. a, a lockbox in my car for that kind of thing. But it's like, if I'm going over a family function where I know I'm going to be drinking, like it is a guaranteed thing, yeah. I won't even bring it. Yeah, you yeah, it's this. tough. And you, you hope when, if, when or if that time comes, right, that it's like a, an easy decision, right? Nothing's easy, but Nothing's like, easy. right? You better have fucking carry insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I pay for it every month. Yeah. I don't even think twice anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a whole thing, right? And it's never going to be like an easy decision, but you, you hope that it's just a, not something that you have to sit there and him and haul over if it ever does happen, right? You can make that choice, and it's it's clearly presented to you that this is something that needs to be done, and you're the only one who can do something about it. Yeah, it is tough. I, I have many a nights where I lay wide awake, where you're like, something bad could happen. Yeah, and I I'm gonna have to make a call, right? Even right. as a civilian, where like this is tough. You know, like yeah. Well, like the um, the dude who rolled up on like uh, what, a couple sixteen-year-old girls, and everything was, you know, little little wild, but nothing crazy. And then one of the girls pulled out a knife and went to go oh. stab the other girl. And in a fucking split second, he had to make a decision: what do I do? And, and he, he he chose yeah. to you know and to, honestly uh, after shoot the girl with with the knife who was trying to stab the other one after a couple of days honestly and it's funny because that one kind of died in the media like they really tried well, pushing it was totally that. justified well and that's yeah. that's the bit right like and that's it's what sucks i feel like the media is just like looking for the next george floyd just because it sells headlines and shit Wait, it it's, makes it's, them money man it's so shitty yeah. but like you had people coming out all across i mean celebrities uh influencers other news outlets um, military, law enforcement coming out going, no, this was 100% justified. Yeah. There's, like, well, you could have tased her. Like, that's not, I mean, 
No. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, dude. I mean, you're telling me that we're this far apart, you know, four feet apart. Yeah. Tasing you is not going to stop you from falling forward with that knife. I mean, you could still... I've never been tased. It's an awful experience. Me neither. But... Again. I definitely tried to get a friend tased uh, at a New Year's party once. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you guys track those cartridges. makes it really hard to have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, it is. Really just ruined the whole movie. It does movement. take a lot of the fun out of it, right? Um, <laughs> you just walk around going at it. Um, it's interesting. I've seen them not work. You know, it, oh, yeah. it's definitely not a science. I've seen thick clothing, mm. you know, just like stop the prongs. Dude, especially here we have winter like three quarters of the year yeah <laughs> yep the technology has really advanced where um those things could be like solved um they are allowing for other routes but again comes people got to make calls and the new right. stuff. again that comes back on your training right mm-hmm. and uh the guy had to make a call he was worried about defensive life mm-hmm. and the call he made was the call he made uh i'm sure he'll stand by it it seems yeah you know yeah. It, and that's something they talk about even with concealed carry permits. Like, people don't realize you can't just shoot somebody for stealing your car. No. Dude, no. Like, do you, it's not for defense of property. Like, no. It sucks, but that's why you have car insurance. Just give them the car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, take it. If, if the alternative is you're, even if you're just looking at yourself, right? Like, the emotional damage that could be from shooting somebody and killing them. Like, you have car insurance for a reason. Yeah. I mean, nine out of ten times, these things are recovered anyways. Yeah. You know, my shit, my dad's old Ram got stolen twice. Yeah. <laughs> I found it both times, yeah. you know, eventually. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty fucked up the second time. But it's like, would you shoot somebody over that? Like, no, dude. I mean, you got the insurance. He got a loaner. It was fine. It's not for defensive property. No. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, like, no, the it's absolute last the, resort. Yeah, it's, if I don't do it, I'm probably going to fucking Either you're going to die or somebody or else yeah. is, or someone else is going to, you know right. what I mean? And it's... Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole thing, right? You gotta be again come down to being comfortable with it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it, it it's tough to make that call. You hope to God every time I go into a store, I'm like, okay, hope nothing bad happens. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, perspective wise, yeah. I got to imagine that that kind of just like shakes you a bit, and you don't ever look at it the same way again. Well, dude, every fucking cop movie, every time like a cop walks in a gas station, <laughs> like you know, dude, shit's about to go down. Yeah, like, every cop movie I've ever seen. That, yeah, that's that's actually really funny. Uh, for, like first couple of weeks on, you, you start going to work and come home, and your family's like, so what's it like yeah. and you're like honestly it's like having a huge mole on your face <laughs> everyone's looking, everyone's at, you looking at you all the time <laughs> and like i could just be stopping in to like go get an energy drink and people right. are like oh yeah, what's going good. on and you're like i'm just getting something to drink dude don't worry about it you know? <laughs> dude, I, I freak out if i like even just cop driving behind me in traffic i'm like okay shit check my speedometer yeah, that's the always same interesting. Way, man. like oh fuck how fast <laughs> that's hilarious and i don't like it's like i'm not like, I, I know i'm not going on my way to to, to speed but i mean it happens you know yeah. heavy foot sometimes whatever yeah. and like or just keep I just with traffic dude i just don't want to pay 200 dollars. yeah it's tough right, right? you know it's a consideration to make i always say we need a light on the top of our car that is like on if we're like trying to go somewhere or like we got to poop because yeah. like we just get out of the way right like we either need to be somewhere and i need you out of my way or like i really gotta go to the bathroom yeah <laughs> you know like i really need you to get dude, out people of the way. don't don't remember that like police officers are people too like yeah. They, yeah, yeah you know and it's you see some stuff in tv and like movies where it's like why aren't you out there catching a criminal like i get a break yeah you get a break at your job yeah i'm it having is. some ice cream on my break like <laughs> we're trying to relax like, a little bit like i don't know if you guys ever watch the show southland it used to be on tnt they they were pretty good at like highlighting some of those like just making fun of some of those things like people ripping on cops like why aren't you out there you know you're you know i pay your salary and stuff or yeah i think it was like one episode where the kid 
called the cops because his mom like spanked him for getting a bad grade or something. The cops just like ripped this kid a new one. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you were my kid, I would have beat the shit out of you. <laughs> but don't forget, dude, cops are cops are people too, man. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're all just human beings. That was really funny to me to to get into the world and realize that. Because you don't you don't really interact with cops until you are hired as one, become one, go through the training, and then all of a sudden you're like thrown in this pool like your instructors mm-hmm. like you, you can account to this like it's like going to boot camp like these people are above you you have to treat them with a certain level of respect mm-hmm. there's not they can level with you and they do on certain days but most of the time you're generally not really getting too personal with them right you know they're trying to relate to you in, in a training aspect but then all of a sudden you're thrown in this pool and you're like well these these are just a bunch of dudes you know yeah, and, yeah. and they got families and they got kids and they play hockey and mm-hmm. they go on vacations and we all just put this uniform on. It's really strange. I guess I have a skewed perspective now because I see him every day. Right. It, you know, and I look at him different. We're like, it's just, it's like a frat house. <laughs> you know, a bunch of guys mm-hmm. and girls that go out on the road and we just try and go home. Um, it's a, it's a weird thing that we do. And that's that, but okay, it's very strange. You know, that that's definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if you've actually, I know you have like a, I mean, you said it's been about a year. If there's like one or two things you could say people could do to be, I guess, better prepared to, I guess, like avoid shitty situations, um, whether it's, I mean, yeah, shoot better, but like, what can people do aside from that, I guess, in your experiences, like to help, I guess, mitigate some of the risk that we, I mean, inherently any of us could end up in any kind of shit whenever we leave the house, you know, but just shitty situations in general. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, like we talked about, be a good observer, you know. Like, you go to a store and there's some people hanging out outside the store. You know, like, just, like, maybe wait five minutes. Like, see what's going on, right? Don't just, like, put your face in your phone and walk into this store. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, after the fact, you're like the guy on the news. You're like, I saw these two guys outside the store and they looked weird. (laughs) Then it's like, why did you go in anyways, right? Right. Like, maybe wait five minutes. Like, see what's going on. That same guy, uh, (laughs) Yusuf Badu, talked about it. Like, people we're like desensitized to any of that just because of how the world works and yeah. stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. hear a gunshot go off and people will try to explain it away mentally. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, I'm sure it was a firework or a yeah. car backfiring. Like, yeah. no, that was definitely a gun. Like, yeah. Now I hear that kind of stuff. You just walk in the dog and I'm like, I stop and I think yeah, yeah. one time it was a shooting. Cause some of these Facebook pages, like Cone County scanner, will, will throw stuff up. Yeah. They're pretty quick. It. And I'm like, yeah, like it, we were still on the walk. Mm-hmm. It was like within 10 minutes it went up. I'm like, holy shit, we just heard that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very strange. Yeah, be observer, be compassionate. Mm. People are in a big hurry nowadays. You know, I, I see it in driving. They're not very compassionate to the other people. You know, like <laughs> turn signals, don't cut people off, guilty. things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing comes into play, like uh, when we're talking about like, you know, concealed carry, all this other stuff. I saw that you, you had a tourniquet upstairs, right? Um these be prepared to help somebody right like yeah don't just like not you know not my problem right a lot of people mm-hmm. have this mindset of like put their blinders on and it's not my problem right like we're all people in this world you don't have to be like a trained professional to just like give someone a hand even if it's like holding the door man like things make people's day right right you know just just take that extra minute and you never know like what that could stem to like this guy could be having the worst day of his life and Later, it could be some, like, irate issue for some law enforcement down the road. It could be standing in the middle of the freeway and, mm. you know, having the worst day of his life. But that could all change because you 
held the door for him and smiled at him at 7-Eleven. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're the guy's like, oh, you know, the world's not so bad, right? Like, right. <laughs> it's just... And then something that was awful and could have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so again, just, you know, it all goes down to de-escalation. We're all so tight. We wound. Just mm. be a good observer. Yeah, honestly, I play nice. social media. Yeah. But do more than anything. I had to get off it for a little bit there <laughs> right around yeah. the election. <laughs> I had to just quit. <laughs> it's tough. Um, I, I do a lot of podcast listening. A lot of people talk about the the communication disconnect now we do so much not person to person like yeah, again yeah. i haven't sat down with you guys quite some time you know right, <laughs> right. i mean seen austin in probably 12 years and you it's been a few months and mm-hmm. the way people interact you have this like faceless interaction some of it times it can get so aggressive dude, like, and, and even with like today's generation because of that like do people's like people skills are yeah it's, it's not a thing yeah it's not a thing um and I, you know, I mean, I work in finance and I can just tell you something like you can tell um, the older people what you were younger. You were like, OK, yeah, shut up. Get to the point, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate that now because now I deal with younger people, you know, and I'm only I'll be 32 in, in July. But people are like 24 to 26 range. A, they swear. Which, <laughs> I mean, like no professional I ever deal yeah, with. I'm, that's I'm not guilty yeah. that. <laughs> like I will swear with coworkers. I will not swear to yeah. a customer. I don't, swear yeah, my, I don't swear around my kids or my family. Yeah. Like, but when I'm with other guys, yeah, like it's a tough. Fucking sailor. Dude. But, like <laughs> at work, work, these people will swear, and they're they're rude and ultra demanding. And mm-hmm. I think it's because we're so used to just okay, I'm gonna tap it, and it's gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? like we're so used to the smartphone doing everything for yeah. us. It's mm-hmm. like when it comes to face to face interactions, we're like. Why aren't you just fucking doing it? Yeah. Like, uh, because I don't work for you. And yeah. how right. about a please? Maybe a smile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know? I try to call people more. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. See, that's where I struggle. I hate talking on the phone. It's I weird. To, if I can do it with an email, I, I try to do yep. it as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a balance. I, I try and call people more. We text a lot, you know, now and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But even in, in my relationship, we try, and, we try and call a lot. Mm. Use the FaceTime. Just get that interaction more. Um I had great training when I was a kid. I became a car salesman right out of high school. And I went to this thing called the Chrysler Academy. And that's all they did was teach you how to talk to people. Hmm. And and then I went through sales. And I did sales for a long time. And it was all talking to people yep. and watching people. Watching the their reactions. body language yeah. is huge in and, a lot of ways. And the stuff they taught you about it, too. Like, it, you can do some crazy stuff. You, know, you can get people to do some, some interesting mimicking you and stuff without them even knowing. But just to keep a conversation going interact on both sides of it like i said go ask someone about their day don't just like show up and be like dude my day sucked you know mm. like hey how's your day going like right. especially right. now like we then corporate america they talk about it a lot because depression and stuff and like trying to be supportive during covid but like how you doing like ask people you yeah. know and we used to take it for granted you see them in the office or whatever and you're like hey eh, you know, <laughs> now it's see like you haven't there. seen them in over a year you're like i've done it i've called a couple of people yeah. just like hey what's up you yeah. still there do you still, still doing okay mm. yeah you know and some people have adjusted just fine some yeah. introverts there's some other people i know i've had some coworkers that are not thriving right now because they're used they need that that physical yeah it is tough it is it sucks like honestly i thought for sure i'd be like do you work from home full time great fuck yeah that's my jam i don't want to be around anybody yeah. we got like three months into it i was i was hurting pretty bad I'm yeah like, i i kind of miss some of these people <laughs> You know? Yeah, I, I you know it's the public's not out like it used to be. I get blessed a little bit by going to work and dealing with the public. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a great thing about my job. I love I love dealing with people and saying hi and just like make people smile. Kids are the best. <laughs> you know they love you. Yeah, They're always yeah. waving at you from the back seat and stuff. Like 
it's the best. When you arrest them. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, Shut up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> they're always waving at you in traffic, though. You know, they're so naive. It's great. They still haven't been like, skewed by the world and are cynical. Like, just got to be a little more happier in life. You know? Yeah. I think it'll go a long way. I think I'm going to invite you over to scare my son. So <laughs> just be there. Give him the chat. Yeah. yeah give, I'll give show up chat. in uniform. This is why you listen to your kid. Yeah. Listen to your parents. Yeah. yeah. Listen yeah. to your dad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, I want to. Could we do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. This needs to be planned. This is the problem is I'm gonna meet your son and it's gonna be you in the fourth grade all over again. Oh yeah. yeah no, that was a little shit. Well, <laughs> <so. laughs> oh, yeah, there was some trouble back in the day, huh? <laughs> this guy was a bad kid. I was a bad kid. <laughs> I think we all had issues. I mean in high school, like I was, oh, I was an asshole in high school too. Yeah. As I say, like yeah. we joke a lot about it. Like we didn't get along in high school. <laughs> no, we you and I did not get along. In yeah, high it's school. interesting how the world comes like full turn, right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, high school life is so. Experience, going back yeah. to what you were saying. Yeah. You know, once you get some life experience, like you start to open your eyes and realize oh, we're all we're all just people. Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, and like, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. High school is. I mean, it was everything at the time, yeah. but like now yeah. it's like, dude, I shit i don't even i think you and like two other people i talked to from high school like i don't talk to it's weird how high school. that's that's really like dwindled down you know no if someone would have i think someone did tell me that and i was like nah man I mean, even when i got to 25 someone again was like you're not gonna talk to anyone from high school and you're like mm-hmm. uh i still do and now you know i'm 31 and i don't at yeah. all you and know like, like, right, right. like that 21 to 25 age when you do like your big partying mm-hmm. it's you're still with that like core yeah. group of friends to some extent um, and then it's like one day, it's different for everybody, right? You decide like, I'm going to be a real adult and I'm going to party less. I'm going to save money more. I'm going to like reprioritize life and drink more water. Go to bed earlier. <laughs> Start a 401k. <laughs> Start a 401k. <laughs> that's, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get like real problems to worry yeah. about instead of like, Hey, yeah. I'm out of money. I can't buy any more, you know, Miller high life. And you're like, <laughs> Hey, um, I only have like a 2% return on my 401k. Yeah. Damn, miserable. Oh, bolster my portfolio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that like, hurts. or like, I remember my distinct turning point. I think I was, like it wasn't like my turning point but one of those times when you had that like first fun realization it was like 29 sitting in my brother's basement at a christmas party and we were all sitting there bitching about the cost of dental insurance yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like ridiculous. this is how we know we've gotten here guys yep. like, yeah, yeah. like it doesn't cover anything yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pulls, you, you understand what my fucking deductible is it, just, it sucks <laughs> you know, and then you grow up and you like you said you come to full circle we're all hanging out we came from you know a similar upbringing and definitely a, a same place and now 12 15 years later yeah. like you know here we are similar interests be able to come around just have conversation it's and, uh honestly i think it's it, it speaks to a couple of things but i think it's it, it's ironic for one but for two like you should have those connections with people um it, for one it's healthy yeah. but for two like if shit were to ever happen you want to know who you can call mm-hmm. who you can reach out to like <laughs> you should have that i mean it doesn't have to be like 40 people yeah. but like know those people that you can reach out to for I mean, okay, guns and ammo. Yeah, or, yeah. hey, I'm going to call Spencer, who was a guest on during the fall that I used to teach bandwidth. Spencer's an EMT. Yeah. I have friends that are doctors. Or you got that friend that's a real big hunter and outdoorsman, you know, that, you know, or somebody who's got a place up north. So that's where you can maybe everybody gets away up there. Yeah. Everyone has something to offer. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, it takes a village. Yeah. It, yeah. it seriously Absolutely. does. And that's if it ever, thing. I mean, knock on, I don't know if this is real wood, but, you know, like knock on wood, it never will get to that. Yeah. But I mean, we also thought that. 
<laughs> we didn't think what well, you know last summer was going to happen half the country was going to burn itself down overnight right? no yeah and, big you know pandemic and what was else what was going true. on pandemic. very interesting situation yeah can't you know it's nice to get out though but um yeah thanks for coming on yeah you know, i think it was a you guys great discussion um, anytime we'll have to do it again real soon yeah uh i know i mean training is just like one topic there's a ton tons of shit we could no, talk yeah about. i never shut up i'm by myself a lot I sit at well, patrol car from 11 at night to 7 in the morning. That's perfect for podcasting. <laughs> so, like, I feel bad. I get home and my lady is a sleeper, man. It's like 7 a.m. I'm like, guess what happened? Guess what happened? She's like, get away from me right now. Yeah, I don't care. I drink coffee, yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, babe, I got a surprise for you. If you say it's in your pants, I'm stabbing you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I well, like it. I'm actually not wearing pants. Yeah. Well, do you know? <laughs> yeah. but, Anytime, uh, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And that's... um you know, that's all we got for this episode. So you guys, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, get out there, do your own training. And like we always say here, be prepared.